Welcome into the Daring Safety Podcast. I'm Jay and it's Thursday and it's October the 15th, 2015 and this of course is our first episode and so I wanted to do just a little bit of background about uh, Daring Safety and what it is. First of all, you can find us online at daringsafety.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Daring Safety, and that's D-A-R-I-N-G-S-A-F-E-T-Y. We're also on Facebook. You'll you'll be able to get us on Facebook in, in probably two or three days. Of course, the podcast will be available on iTunes and on Stitcher, as well as your favorite podcasting app. Um, it actually won't be available on iTunes until probably Saturday or Monday. So let's shoot for Monday. But I wanted to go ahead and get a podcast out and get a couple recorded so that uh, there would be a body uh, of work for you to choose from. And so the question becomes, well, why? You know, why are you doing a podcast? And, and what about Daring Safety? So just let me say this. Daring Safety is a daily firefighter safety blog. And it's a podcast, and, and it's created with original content for firefighters, media, and also researchers. Um, my name is Jay Lowry, and I'm the editor of Daring Safety. Previously, of course, I was at Firefighter Hourly, which I ran from oh, 2007 until just a few years ago. And my background is I, I've been a firefighter. I was a fire marshal. I was a fire photographer, paid, volunteer, all sorts of things. Uh, most people know me from, from Firefighter Hourly, and I was a regular columnist at Fire Rescue One. Also, I've written for Fire Engineering, American Fire Journal, uh, Fire Chief Magazine when they were still in circulation, uh, which was a great experience writing for them, uh, and most industry publications, some you've probably not heard of. I've also published in a wide uh, variety of magazines um, on various subjects from safety to um you know, construction and, and engineering and all sorts of things. Also aviation safety. I've published under my name and under pen names. Um, over the last couple of years, I haven't really published anything. Um, and and that there's a reason for that, and I'll get into it as time goes on. Right now, I just want you to know the basics. And I, I'm a member or was a member of the following organizations, the Society of Professional Journalists, the Authors Guild. Um, I was a principal technical uh, member of, of several NFPA committees who were tasked with drafting codes and standards for, um, for the United States and indeed all around the world. Um, I was also a member of the IAFF at one point, and we'll get into that in a little bit. And uh, I'm also a member of the Veterans of Foreign Wars, American Legion, life member of the DAV, uh, member of the Navy League, and all sorts of things. I'm very active in, uh, in trying to uh, help out veterans. And 
it's 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 been a heck of a thing really to watch so many people come back um, come back home and 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 watching them try to integrate or reintegrate back into society now um, so what's this all about well again it's about bringing you original content and and really on the website you will see that there is a uh, an FAQ and I'm just gonna run through it real quick um, the, the first one is, are you still associated with the IAFF or any advertiser? The answer to that is no, I'm not. Um, and, and there's uh, no particular reason other than uh, the IAFF doesn't serve all firefighters, certainly. And so, you know, I, I'm no longer affiliated with them. In fact, um, a lot of my writing was... was uh, was sort of uh, dismissive of volunteers, and and I regret that I really do, and I want to uh, to I want people to understand there is no debate. Um, both volunteer paid hybrids, whatever, both are essential to the fire service, and I believe that. And it took me time, and it took me some real world experience again. To see that um, and so the second question is what do you mean by original content well basically it's this we don't use other people's work newspapers news stations to generate our content in other words we're not going to take whole you know whole stories and put them on the website and then try to to generate clicks that and it, I'm just not going to do that each article is written from scratch uh, this does not mean however that we won't use properly cited excerpts and short quotes from other sources because, to be blunt, we want to do this in a somewhat scholarly fashion. And in order to do that, you have to have resources, right? I mean, you have to have sources. And so we're going to do that. Um, but it's going to be original. Is this blog like Firefighter Hourly? No, not at all. Firefighter Hourly was born out of grief and a lot of anger over the deaths of, of the nine men in Charleston at the Sofa Superstore on Savannah Highway. Uh, this is born out of a concern and out of a desire to help firefighters, citizens, and the media. And the difference is, is that, uh, you know, there's a, people learn, hopefully people learn over time. And, and back then I was, I was like everybody else. There was a lot of grief. There was a lot of anger. And, and really, grief and anger often leads to, uh, you know, something not being an optimal outcome. And, you know, do, do things still bother me? I'm not talking about Charleston, but around the country and around the world about the fire service. Sure, they do. But I've also found that there are ways to address it that are far more productive um, than, than throwing mud and seeing what will stick. I, I think that's the big thing. I think also illness has, has changed me. And uh, I'll go into that later. But anyway, um, how often will the site be updated? This is another question. Each day of the week. Do I have a silent partner helping me out? No. I want that to be clear. This is solely 
me. With no one else involved in the ownership or running of the site, no organization, no fire department, no one. It's me. And uh, there will be several people who will contribute articles. I've reached out to a couple of people uh, because I want to um, really do this in a way that that is proactive. And I know that you can do things by yourself, but um, it's certainly better to get points of view on things from other people. But I own the website. I publish it. It's opinions. That's the way it is. I think the last question is, at least for now, is why don't you use more elaborate graphics? Because if you go visit the site, it is very plain. And the simple answer is speed. My goal is to provide you with a swiftly rendered experience, whether you're using a computer or Mac, a tablet, or a mobile device. And, you know, frankly, people are tired of ads. I know I am. I, I don't. I use ad blockers now, and a lot of people do actually. And I don't mind I don't mind advertising to help people. I really don't. But when you visit a site and you're being bombarded with it, like the New York Post, <laughs> um, then I think you have to rethink um, what you're providing to the people out there. And and I want everyone to be able to enjoy the website. And I want it to come up quickly. And I'm really not interested in a graphic-intensive website. That may hurt me some, and that's okay because I'm not after clicks. I'm not after clicks because I'm not doing any advertising. Um, and that will be part of our disclaimer, which you should also read. And, uh, you know... I will here I'm going to read through it really quick. This blog is a personal blog written and edited by me. For questions about this blog, please contact me at j@daringsafety.com. This blog does not accept any form of advertising, sponsorship or paid insertions. We we write for our own purposes. However, we may be influenced by our background, occupation, religion, political affiliation or experience. The owners of this blog will never receive any compensation in any way from this blog. And should we, well, then we'll notify you and I'll change the disclaimer. The owners of this blog are not compensated to provide opinions on products, services, websites, and various other topics. The views and opinions expressed on this blog are purely the blog owners. If we claim or appear to be experts on certain topics or product or service area, we will only endorse products or services that we believe based on our expertise are worthy of such an endorsement. Any product claim, statistic, quote, or other representation about a product or service should be verified with the manufacturer or provider. This blog does not contain any content which might present a conflict of interest. And you can go and read that um, on the website. So it's there. And again, if we do move to advertising in the future, we're not going to have advertisements all over the blog. We would move to like a sponsorship thing where somebody could buy a week's worth of, of uh, advertising at a very low rate. 
However, I don't see that happening. And I don't see anyone willing to do that because we're going to be kind of a, uh, we're going to be no holes barred on this. Not mean, but original. So there's that. And of course, again, you can go to um, to the website at daringsafety.com and see it all. Now, what exactly, uh, why the name? Why Daring Safety? Well, safety is important. It's vital. There's also a daring part of life. You know, not all things can be 100% safe. So in life, you and especially as a firefighter or EMS, law enforcement, there has to be some daring there. There has to be. There's risk in all things. But we also want to talk about safety because safety is important. Ergo, daring safety. Let me go back to Firefighter Hourly for just a moment. Um, you know, is this blog like Firefighter Hourly? No, it's not. Um, there, you will note, anyone who listened to it or, or read it, you will note there will be some significant changes, at least with respect to this blog. And so it, it, it begs the question, is this going to be a regional blog? Because Firefighter Hourly focused on a lot about Charleston, and then it sort of expanded. And the answer is, no, this will not just be a regional blog or podcast. Now, on this first episode, we are going to talk about the floods in South Carolina and the response in the Midlands and leadership and all those sorts of things. Uh, but frankly, this is going to be a universal blog. And what do I mean by that? I mean that no matter what, uh, no matter where you live, the topics will you will be able to digest and agree or disagree with them. That's your choice. How about comments? I've learned that comments and being able to talk about things are important, but it's also destructive in many ways. And so I've chosen not to put comments up on the blog. You are more than welcome to contact me with questions or with complaints or with anything, and I'll bring it up. I will. We are going to talk to people via Skype um, and record uh, these podcasts. These podcasts are, are going to be interactive. And that's something that I wanted to do way back when, and I couldn't. Now, um, you know, I want to approach, I want to approach uh, podcasting in a, a bit of a different way. So let's get to it for our first episode. First of all, um, I do live in the Midlands of South Carolina, and the floods that 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 happened um, were horrific uh, throughout the state. They really were. The Midlands here. Um, I live a block away from where a dramatic Swiftwater rescue took place. I mean, literally one block away. And I used to live in Forest Acres, which was devastated in the flood. So was Arcadia Lake. So was Lower Richland. Uh, so many areas were just devastated. And uh, just last night, we were finally able to, to uh, start drinking water again here. 
uh, we started having, you know, clean potable water because there were so many water breaks. And it's difficult for people to understand unless you're here, unless you know the area, exactly how devastating things were. We had numerous dams, uh, earthen dams that gave way. And, and people, re- you have to remember, um, you know, this is called, uh, basically, this is like a biblical flood. It was a one in 1,000 year event. Don't ask me how they, they check that. But anyway, the point is, is that the amount of water um, that, that dropped uh, was, you know, nothing like most people here had ever experienced. Maybe if you'd been in, in the service and stationed in the Philippines during a typhoon, um, I was doing, I've been in a number of hurricanes, including Hurricane Hugo, and the devastation there was, was exceptional. I mean, it was. Whole houses just taken out to sea. Um, and I've been in other hurricanes as well. Uh, but this was different in the sense that um, the water uh, came up so fast and, and it devastated this community. Okay. We all know that. You can see the pictures. I'm, I'm not going to put up pictures because, uh, frankly, it, it's. And I, I did shoot some pictures and I, I shot some video. Um, and it's disturbing, to say the least. But what about the response? Well, I'm going to talk about here in the Midlands. And in the Midlands of South Carolina is, you know, it's, it's a large area. You have Richland County, Lexington County, you have uh, and all the adjacent counties there, Newberry County, uh, you know, all those counties, Orangeburg, are all in the Midlands. I am going to focus on Richland County and their response. Some of you know I used to, uh, I used to actually ride with, with uh, the Columbia Fire Department. I was photo five for a while, I no longer affiliated or associated with them at all and so i i know the fire service here and and i have to tell you the response here was extraordinary the first person i want to start with is the governor nikki haley who showed just an absolute in my lifetime i don't believe we've had a governor who could have handled this the way that nikki haley did I think that her calmness, I believe that her uh, assertiveness also, I think that that served her and us so well. And I want to start with Governor Haley because five or ten years ago, the coordination would not have happened. It wouldn't have there would have been so many jurisdictional arguments and things like that. And I'm not just talking about in the Midlands. I'm talking about all over the state. Um, but it's not just Governor Haley, and, and I don't want to make this into a political thing. Um, it's also this state has come so far with respect to coordination that the response to this flood was exceptional. Sheriff Leon Lott. Uh, Columbia Fire Chief Aubrey Jenkins, DHEC, uh, the Columbia Police Department under Skip Holbrook, uh, Mayor Steve Benjamin, uh, uh, the the chairman uh, of uh, county council and, and their members. 
Michael Bird, who uh, Mike is the um, director of emergency services for the county. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. The city manager of Columbia, Teresa Wilson, they work together uh, in public. And I think that solidified the, the resolve of a lot of people that, you know what, there will be no jurisdictional issues. There won't. And by and large, there weren't. And it was impressive. It really was impressive. If you remember the Charleston incident, you know, when, when nine, nine firefighters died, things were so fractured back then. And among departments, and, and most people concentrate on the, on the Charleston Fire Department and say all the issues were there, and that wasn't true. Um, there were many issues all the way around, frankly. But even there, now, so much better. And the response here was just phenomenal. It really was. And at the state level, um, you have people that have worked so long and so hard to make this a reality, who were, who were prepared. And in particular, I want to point out the SCEMD, emergency management folks at the state level. Um, the, the leadership there was exceptional. Okay, and what was great, we had swift water teams from Virginia, we had swift water teams from Tennessee, we had the National Guard, we had the military, uh, U.S. Army. Um, we had so many resources. And here's the amazing part to, to those of us here who have watched us move from the, Stone Age, from the Stone Ages into what is very modern and I think a model for the country. Everybody could talk to each other. Everyone could talk to each other. Uh, you know, there were no more the way it used to be where you would, you know, one dispatch, you'd talk to your dispatcher, your dispatcher would have to call this department, and then they would relay. That was so inefficient and so unnecessary. And yet now, it's phenomenal. It really is. And... um you know, I, I think the EMD deserves a ton of credit. And uh, I also believe that Danny McManus and those folks, they deserve a ton of credit. Um, bottom line is, you know, and over in Lexington County, Sheriff Coon, they, they did a great job over there. So did the fire service over in Lexington County. And I don't want to use any names. I know people there, but I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Um, and in Columbia as well. I've I still maintain contact with a lot of people in Columbia, and uh, but I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Um, but I'll just say this. I think they all did an outstanding job. And there will be lessons learned from this, and I think that's the beauty of this type of response, not this type of event. Nobody wanted this to happen. Nobody wanted the loss of life. But I think South Carolina now um, has shown... That you know, I, I'll be I let, I'll put it this way. I don't know that another state could have done it any better. And I don't believe many would have. So if you're somewhere else, if you're in a state and you're talking about coordination and, and your state or your local agencies have problems. I'm, I'm proud to live in South Carolina now because 
of the uh, the response. The media, the media jumped on board, and and they were putting out information. Now, what happens in any disaster? Sometimes there's misinformation. Sometimes there's disinformation. There was even an incident here where um, a reserve uh, Richland County deputy who had retired from the Army and was serving with the Guard, um, and as in this capacity, I think he was serving with the Guard, he, he was hit by a car by someone who didn't want to wait. And uh, fortunately, uh, the gentleman suffered a fractured wrist, and he didn't lose his life. But you talk about anger. There was such widespread anger about this, and they did catch the man. And he's been charged with attempted murder. The media did a really good job of, of keeping people informed. They really did. And again, there are some people who don't understand the fire service. They don't understand first responders. That's part of what we want to do here is to educate the media on it and to do some, some, some scholarly articles. But it's not just going to be about the Midlands or about South Carolina. It just so happens that the flood just happened here. I also want to mention Kansas City, where two firefighters were killed. And my condolences go out to the families and friends and the firefighters there. And, um, you know, it, it's firefighting is dangerous. There's no question about it. So is law enforcement. Um, so is EMS. It's, uh, they're dangerous. And you have uh, men and women who are willing to put themselves out there in the service of others. And, you know, I hear people say, oh, yeah, but, you know, they got cushy government jobs. And, and I, used to, I used to get really upset over stuff like that, and I'd argue with people. Now I don't even argue anymore. I just look at the people, and I go, that's an ignorant person. I don't want to talk to them anymore. Um, but these are not firefighting, law enforcement, EMS. I don't know where people get that these are cushy jobs. We also had great coordination uh, between volunteers and paid. In fact, I think it's important that people understand that this was a professional response. And by professional, I mean that everyone involved volunteers, paid, hybrid, you name it. It was a good response. And there will be many lessons learned. But again, back to Kansas City, um, you know, where two, two firefighters died. And again, it's, it is a dangerous job. And that's why this is called daring safety. Because, uh, you know, Part of the job of a firefighter is to be daring. Um, it is to be bold sometimes. It's also to be safe. And, you know, you don't have a duty to die. You don't have a duty to die. But in the course of duty, there will be people who will perish. Hopefully, as we move forward, numbers will drop continue to drop. Hopefully, as we move forward, um, people will gain a better understanding of the fire service and, and of all emergency services, and that's certainly something we want to do here. 
But as we close our first podcast, um, I just want to, again, reiterate uh, my uh, sadness and, and uh, my, uh, my personal hurt for the people in Kansas City and, and for the firefighters there who lost their lives and uh, for all who have lost their lives. We will be back tomorrow with another edition Until then, stay safe.